Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 15. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and our amiga Kylie. Kylie, you're very welcome back from your uh, from your holidays. Um, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, tell us, Mar- Kylie, come to you first. How was Game Week 14 and um, what is it like being back in good old wet Ireland again? Oh, OK. Well, the second part is, I'm not going to lie, pretty depressing. I left beautiful sunshine. Admittedly, there was a couple of days of rain, but uh, nothing like here. It has been torrential rain pretty much since I arrived back. Um, And I can never feel my toes. So I'm just kind of like, oh, it's so much worse than I remembered. And I was only gone three weeks. But aside from that, um, I've had an up and down week this week. Um, I think I finished on about 57 points which isn't too bad considering I did get stung with quite a bit of rotation and bad benching decisions. I um, I captained Sterling, who has continued to reward me over the last month or so, so that worked out really well. Um, I After everything, I ended up benching Doherty, and I kind of I knew immediately that I shouldn't have done it, but I had a feeling that Wilson was going to score. As it turns out, I should have actually benched Murray for him. So I had to sit and watch Doherty's first on my bench as Murray was benched and then came on for a couple of minutes. And then the same thing happened with Martial. Um, so it was really frustrating. Fortunately, the same thing kind of happened with Lacazette, but at least he, he scored. So I think... I survived okay despite that. Yeah, it was a bit of a filthy, it was kind of a weird, weird game week, except that for the final game, uh, which made me really not give a crap about the rest of the week, um, with the, uh, with the Liverpool late winner, Origi, um, Origi's winner over Everton. But it's, uh, it was kind of really up and down. I had Doherty to start off the game week and that was lovely. But um, but then on Saturday, I was there looking at Balbuena, Wilson. Wilson came in for Aguero for me, and then which was lovely as well. But then I had on my bench, I had Balbuena on six points, and I had, um, who was my, Juan Basaka on six points as well. And when I saw Marshall wasn't in the lineup, I was going, please don't bring him on. And if you're going to bring him on, let him yeah. do something. Um, that was a bit of a killer. And then the Sané, of course, the um, the debate about that first goal, whether or not he should have had an assist or not. It was kind of a bit of a, I don't know, it wasn't it wasn't a nice game week. It was kind of odd. I ended up on 51 points um, and another red arrow. I've had now, I think, three red arrows in a row. So I'm down to 46k. So I'm um, not enjoying that, um, but luckily Mars is still stinking up the joint, so um, he's he's uh, staying away from me. Um, I, 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 I have think to we're keep close enough now. Huh? I think we're close enough now. Um, mm. Yeah, what are, I don't what know what my. What rank are you at the moment? I'm just checking because I don't know off the top of my head. You're, you um, see, you're, you made a great move when you brought in Sterling. That was that was the one. I mean, it, it, yeah. people. I remember Dave from Burnley brought in Sterling before for um, for Aguero, and he's been on fire. I brought in Sané this game week for Hazard, um, because that was all of my plan to do before this coming game week. Um, and I just went a little bit early with the Hazard injury news. 
but it's uh, Sterling is just he's been phenomenal this season. But uh, where have you seen where your rank is yet? Yeah, so I'm at about 68k um, because I had my fortunes kind of went up and down. Uh, wild back a while back, I went up to about 17k, and then I just had two horrendous weeks after that, and I'm kind of regaining um, momentum now, thankfully. But because um, I did go back, I did go outside the top 100k uh, for a while there, but. Uh, Creeping on up, not That's far good. behind you. Not far behind at all. And uh, Marzi, tell us about uh, tell us about game week fourteen, and um, tell us about how much you enjoyed that um, that Origi goal over the, <laughs> the short the short term Pickford. Yeah, yeah. Well, West London is uh, blue, North London is red, but most importantly, Liverpool is red, boys and girls. Aye, aye, aye. aye. Always remember yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Origi actually did really well when he came on. You know, quite a bit bit of pace. Um, I wasn't impressed. To be honest, um, you know, I was I was on Twitter saying like we we were giving the ball away so much, making so many mistakes. If it was Alisson and Gomez were absolutely brilliant, uh, Van Dijk as well, but especially for the saves and the clearance off the line. So both teams in the second half we were much much better. <clears throat> but Salah for me, no, completely off. Mane was probably the one pulling the strings. But then you have chances like they did Mane and Shakir in. You just can't afford to miss those. Just like Everton couldn't afford, afford to miss them. But anyway, like, like people say, nothing like beating your rivals in the last minute. That's just it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, Everton. It's Everton's <coughs> cup final, of course, trying to take points off us in um, course, you, in our in did our you, league. Did you see what challenge. happened? They they set off a blue bomb um, <laughs> because they thought they got a draw, and then we scored. That was quite must have been quite embarrassing. Bless them. Mm. Bless the did blue it, cotton socks. Um, did did either of you guys see? I didn't actually see the London derby at all. Um, what, what yeah, was, I uh, did. What was I your did, think? Yeah. What was your thinking? Uh, Kylie, come to you first. And what's your what's your thinking on on the two of them on Arsenal and Spurs? Uh, I thought it was a great match to watch. It was really exciting. I almost had like palpitations watching that. Um, and I but I did I did think that um, Arsenal were all over them. Um. I like I probably missed maybe the first half hour of it, um, and so by the time I started watching, Tottenham had had just sort of gone ahead. Um, but from everything that I saw, uh, Arsenal were all over them, and Kane was largely anonymous. So I, you know, it statistically speaking, Spurs are looking definitely better than they were. And, and having their key players back is good. But defensively, they, they're not looking great. And Vertonghen had a shocker of a day. Couldn't believe silly, it. Like, silly, silly mistakes by, by Spurs, both Foyth uh, and Vertonghen. But also, you know, actually, when I looked at the teams, I looked at the Arsenal defence. And even during the game, and I thought, Tottenham are going to win this, especially when they went ahead. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, fair play to Arsenal. And also, they, they, you know, Emery went for it in the second half put on um, Lacazette and, and Ramsey, and they turned it. Yeah. And for, it was the best out of the three games. Uh, I have to say one thing. When I was watching, watching was better. We'll, we'll definitely be talking about um, about Kane because and, of course, the um, the other Spurs assets because that is game week 15 is what we've all been looking for with, with Spurs. Yeah. 
Um, but one thing that I I only saw the goals, I saw a couple of the goals, but one thing I thought on the Lacazette shot, I was going, how slow was Laris in coming across to try to save that? I don't know. I, um, I have Lacazette and I did not think that I was going to get that goal because I just like assumed that he would get there and it, it's just like it was like in slow motion the whole thing and he was just like a dead fish. Yeah, definitely. Um, folks, we're sure we will bring the actually the listener league update first of all, okay? And um, and once that's done, then we're going to kick straight into the listener questions because uh, this is going to be a shorter pod than normal with it with it being the the midweek game week coming up, and we're going to get it out there as quick as possible. Um, top of the table still in um, on 947 points is Victor Moses Lawn, Joe Stone's team. Um, second, right behind him, a point behind is Beardsley's Pochies in Cooper's team. So uh, the two of them are in the 60s this game week. So a very nice score, I have to say. Um, and Sky, Paul Jones, Sky player in FBL, is still there in third spot as well. So um, three, three very, very high scores. And um, hopefully in game week 15, they'll be breaking the 1,000-point mark, which which is a remarkable pace. Um, so it, that's definitely, I think, record-setting um, record kind of pace. But um, well done to all of those and um, everyone else in the league. Keep coming, keep going, and uh, see if you're going to be mentioned on next week's pod. Um, folks, normally we do our big topic of the week, but um, like we mentioned earlier on, I think it is pretty much all about it is about Spurs. And um, Maris, before we started recording, you were we were talking about the fitness of Aguero. He, of course, was left out this game week. Um, and Pep has kind of made noises about whether or not about having doubts about whether he will be fit for Tuesday night. What's your thinking, first of all, on Aguero's fitness? And if so, do you think people should really be looking at Kane as an alternative? Yeah. <clears throat> well, we've heard tonight from the never should be mentioned uh, Mr. Jackson uh, the Guardian dude uh, that um, Aguero is being pictured in training so Pep said I'm not sure we need to check the training sessions now he's pictured in training so for me is Aguero going to be back I would say yes I think he was never going to be that far out and maybe Pep used it as a as a way to rotate his players because don't forget that Aguero played also the full, you know the last two full matches so, you know, can Jesus play two, three games in a row? Maybe not yet, or maybe he doesn't trust him that much. It's it's really frustrating because I, I thought, okay, I'm not gonna I'm gonna roll the transfer and see which of Sterling or Sane starts this game week, because the other one would definitely be the one that starts on against Watford, and they both played the full game, and they also played in midweek. So it's it's gonna be a tough one. I would say, look, with regards to so if if you want to move Aguero to Kane, I mean. It, that's the the, the 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 popular move at the moment. Kane is sticking along, just like Aguero is, just like other premium players like you know Salah. They they are getting some points, where enough to keep them going and justify maybe the price tag for some, maybe not for others. It, it, you know, looking at the fixtures, am I impressed with Spurs? I keep saying the same thing. They're not firing all cylinders yet. They're winning and they do it. Okay, they they've just lost a derby, but they've got. They've got Southampton next, which would all respect Southampton, you know, away from home. They're going to Southampton are going to struggle. And um, then if, if you look at their fixtures, then they've got um, Leicester away. Not known for, you know, they have been conceding some goals. Uh, then they've got Burnley, probably, sorry, Dave, but probably at the moment one of the worst teams around. 
Um, then they've got Everton. And the thing, the thing with Kane is, you know that he will play in every game because they don't have anybody else. They don't trust Laurenti. Now, Kane is not the only option. Uh, if you look at Arsenal's fixtures, you've got uh, Arsenal got United at home. United have been struggling at home. If you get at their defence, you know, I think it's going to be, it could be a high-scoring game because I don't rate both defences in that game. Uh, then they've got Huddersfield, another team that's struggling. Then they've got um, Southampton away. Uh, and then Burnley. So, you know, Boomerang and Lacazette have just as much of a, uh, a case to be in, in your team as much as Kane and probably cheaper and gives you more more money. Maybe you can if you bring in... So I'm looking at what, what, what do I need to do to get either Sterling or Sane. And ideally, I want Sterling. The reason I want Sterling is because he's the one who seems to be tapping in all those chances. He's the one that at the end... You know, Sane for me is, is a streaky player. Sterling is just so consistent. Uh, and he's still actually quite low on. I think 17%, maybe gone up to 20% now. That's still not, you know, like Salah and Aguero and, 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 and the rest. So... If if you look, I think Stag said it once. Like he's, the way he gets into the box, the way he the, the runs that he makes from deep, getting in on uh, those chances where when when City attack from the wings and, and get it in and cause havoc in the middle, he's the one to, that seems to be tapping it in. Listen, Pep will rest him again, and you just have to deal with it. You have to have a bench that you have at least two players that you know will come on, maybe three over the the fixtures. Um, and then go for it. If you can't avoid Sterling, then go for Sane. Go for one of them and just live with the fact that there's always going to be, as people are calling it now, peptation. Yeah, I've got, um, I brought in Sane because of wanting to keep enough money in the bank to move from Aguero to Kane. But um, but it is it, it is kind of a tough one because we we looked at Aubameyang scoring two goals tonight, top of the forwards listing now, and he's cheaper than, cheaper than any, cheaper than Aguero, cheap, a lot cheaper than Kane. Um, I'm, uh, Kylie, we're always wary of dropping into this form over or fixtures over form trap. Um, what's your thinking on it? Do you think this is um, one of those traps for Kane? And like one thing I do want people maybe or us to discuss is Kane or Ericsson or Ali, like they're an alternative, I guess, way to get into this Spurs attack for these fixtures without having to splash the big cash on um, on bringing in Nane Kane. What do you think on that one? Okay, so um, just on the first part in terms of whether it's a trap or not, that's always a really tricky decision to make. Kane is, look, Kane for the first part of this season had been, you know, really unattractive, uh, looked really sluggish. He's definitely not backed to the Kane that we know. And indeed, Spurs weren't. But then Spurs tend to be slow enough starters. I think they're actually doing better this season than historically. It's just that they're not scoring as many goals as we would be used to. And they have had a lot of injuries. I think that it's teeing up nicely for them to go on on a run and be able to start to score more goals now that they've got their key players like Son and Ali and Ericsson and Kane all together. And the fixtures are excellent. And Kane does tend to come good around Christmas time. We do have to be wary of basing everything on on history. I think that he's absolutely a valid choice. Indeed, he's one that I'm looking at. And part of that is definitely because of the rotation piece. 
rotation is a fact that we we have to deal with. And look, I'm a Sterling owner, and indeed, the week that I bought Sterling, he actually was benched. So that was game week nine. So that was kind of heartbreaking. But then you look at all of the points that I've had since then. Then I, I think there's a good chance that he will be benched midweek as well. You kind of just accept that, as as Mars was saying. But when we're accepting that with players like Sterling or Sane, we do also want the security of having other players in our team that we do feel will definitely play. And that's where a lot of the attraction with Kane comes in because we feel a degree of security there because he just gets flogged like a dead horse no matter what happens. And Lorente just doesn't appear in the in the match. In terms of and, – and he has been scoring. I mean, penalties, sure, but we'll take a penalty. But he has been scoring, so there is a bit of momentum there. Um, I think it's trickier with the likes of Ericsson and Ali. I know they did well against Chelsea, um, but they are still expensive. And when you're looking at similar sort of pricing to get someone like Sane in, even with the risks, I'm not sure that I'm completely sold on it. So I um, I think that I think that I need to see more information about the midfielders, and there are a lot of really really good midfielders at the moment that are attractive. So I don't think that you need to jump the gun on an Ericsson or an Ali just yet. I think my priority would be having. City players that I find really interesting. Um, so that's Sane and Sterling again. And actually a couple of interesting things, you know, obviously we're talking about rotation here and no one knows what Pep is going to do. But Sane and Sterling haven't been benched at the same time. So there's this expectation because they both played, well, Sterling played 90 minutes the last two and Sane played 90 and, you know, most of the match, the, the time before midweek. So you would expect that these would be the two subject to rotation. It looks like only one of them will be. Sane does come off the bench um, when he when he's put there, but he hasn't scored. Sterling has not featured from the bench since. I feel like if you have a strong bench yourself and you're willing to take a risk on having both Sane and Sterling, if you can afford it, I feel like this question's come up a few times. Um, you can do that, but there's a valid case for either. Sterling's on eight goals, seven assists, and he's obviously the prime pick there because he's scoring at home and away. Sane, five goals, seven assists, largely at home. But there's a big price difference and not everyone can afford Sterling. So, you know, I think I'd be going with the known known entities at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I mean, uh, uh, they're great points, but I mean, I think part of, um, as you mentioned there, with the, with the price point of Kane and with Sterling, with all this rotation going on, we do want to have a strong bench and it will kind of lead nicely onto a question from Dave from Burnley um, posted to do with, with having that strong bench. The money you do save on Sané versus Sterling. I, I made the decision to go with Sané because, like I said, I wanted to get Kane in and save the money for that. But also part of my thinking is I do want to have a bench that and, and even five strong midfielders who 
who can um who can basically who can cover me over this period that if if my Man City midfielder or Marshall unexpectedly gets gets dropped this game week that I will have um will have someone in there whereas obviously these the expensive premium assets they are um Kane aside they 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 are prone they're they're liable to rotation and also they're um we we do have to have a little bit of a weaker squad elsewhere um but part of the part of the, I think the rationale with Kane is because that price is so it's it's so high that it, it people have to people have to kind of if they're going to have to rip their team apart I personally wouldn't recommend doing it. I've looked at my team and I've built my team in such a way that I, this was always my plan to go to Kane. Now that the decision is upon me, I'm not actually sure is he is if Aguero is fit, is it really worth doing? Um, but um, but Marzi, can I come to you first on the first of our listener questions? As I mentioned there, Dave from Burnley was asking. Uh, first of all, he said, any questions about rotation? Anyone asking questions about rotation should be banned from the internet. So um, there's Dave from Burnley doing his doing his FPL Trump um, impression there. But uh, my, my question is, who are the best um, bench turds for the festive pagan fest- festivities? As that's what they are, historically speaking. Um, and Max budget is 5.1 mil per player. Now, I gave you a little bit of time to do a bit of research on this, Mars, so um, I expect to be wowed by your answer to this. <laughs> yeah, well, Dave gave me eight hours before you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's he, he absolutely... We said you have to have um, players that you sure will play. So, for example, for me, I benched Wilson against City. I was lucky. Aguero didn't play, so Wilson comes in with a goal. So, I got lucky. Um, my other player was Bennett and then a Brighton player that also came on, so he would have had a point, just like Martial, to be honest. So it wouldn't have made much of a difference. You, ha- you need to decide if you want... For me, for me personally, I still think you invest your money on your best 11 and the rest should be on players that you know will start, but not ones that will give you a benching headache. Because that, for me, points on the bench like you guys have would do absolutely annoy me. Uh, but over the Christmas, you have to be careful. So it's a choice, but and you're absolutely right, Don. You could say, all right, instead of getting Kane, I'm going to go, for example, get uh, Boomerang and save three million and spread it spread it around my bench to get instead of a five mil, I get a six mil player. Uh, so looking at some of the players, for example, um, one guy that did really well um, this uh, this this weekend is Solomon Marsh for Brighton. He's five million. Right, he's not going to give you. I mean, March is a Brighton player. Won't give you a headache if you don't want to play him. But they've got they've got Palace at home and Burnley away in the next two games. Then Chelsea, you can bench him. But if they are playing at home, and when Brighton play at home, they're a completely different team. Uh, Bournemouth, Arsenal, Everton home, West Ham. That's up to the second of Jan. Not a bad not a bad set of fixtures. And and you know, again, like I said, you can play him or have him on the bench. If somebody doesn't play, you know he's going to come in with. Uh, potentially two two points. I mean, I've been looking at um, him uh, at his uh, minutes, and he he, he does he, he started playing well. Then uh, so he he plays in most games, uh, um, and then I think he yeah. So the last the two before the the last one, uh, he came on in the second half, which means he could be fresh, right? So again, I think he he, he could be a good option. The other one is. So one that we've mentioned before, so Kante. I mean, listen, he's ever present in the Chelsea team, and he's such a cheap player to have in uh, to have for for Chelsea. He got an assist today. He's he's four point nine. 
and he he's playing for uh, for more forward than they relying on Jorginho to be the the guy the anchor at the back, and Kante's playing further forward. Yeah, he's not the most prolific scorer, but he will always set uh, set some attacks. Uh, so that's that's another one. Uh, one that I also like is Brooks. If you don't have Fraser, I mean he just got rested, so he's gonna be fresh. Uh, Bournemouth do have. People keep talking about Bournemouth and their tough fixtures, and you're stuck with Fraser and Wilson. Wilson scored two goals against two United and City, um, and I think Fraser got an assist, if I'm not mistaken, in one of those games. And if you look at their fixtures, they've got Huddersfield at home next, then they got Liverpool, then Wolves and Brighton, then they go they got Spurs and United. So two two tough away games. Well, I mean United away, I don't know how tough that's going to be, and then Watford and Everton. So that that takes you up to to January. So I think Brooks is 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 another good option. Um, Neves five, no, I, I, I don't like him at all. Uh, more, uh, so if if you uh, looking at somebody who will always play, uh, but might not get you um, consistent returns, is Moy from Huddersfield. He's on set pieces. He's scored. They seem to come out of nowhere, Huddersfield, and just win games that you don't expect them to win. Uh, and Moy at four, five point one is is not a bad choice. They don't have the best off run, but again, you put him on the bench. And you you only need him to come in if uh, if he's if he's not chosen uh, if if your player doesn't uh, start. Um, mm. You've got Hoiberg, and then there's so the last one I would say is Armstrong. He really is impressed me from Southampton, and not and you know he got two goals yeah. on, on the weekend. I, meant to, well. I was going to actually bring him up as a as a talking point. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's really looked impressive. The last three games he's played 73, 80, and 90 minutes and got three goals, three goals in three games. Um, so for me. You know what? Like um, again, they don't have the best set of fixtures. Um, kind of like they've got Spurs, Cardiff, then Arsenal, then Huddersfield, then West Ham. But he's playing. He's on set pieces. Sometimes I think didn't he score? Did he score a free kick? He did, didn't he? Mm. Uh, I think he scored the free kick. Yeah. So and Southampton struggling, and if he's doing well, he's going to be playing. So he's another one. That Surely he can't bench. get dropped while. Um... <laughs> Exactly. I think Mark Hughes will look at him as being in a, a way that he's going to prove to people, look, I Same know what yeah. I'm doing as a manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great option. So, you see, we've just named a set of players that most likely will play in 90% of the time. And there's even more than that. Look, some of them are dull ones, right? But you've got the likes of MacArthur from Crystal yeah. Palace, right? Yeah, he MacArthur. plays every match and he does score a few goals every season. Uh, so, Cardiff. Cardiff have got a few players as well. Kamarasa. Kamarasa, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Patterson has gone up to 5.3, so he's out of the budget for Dave. But, um, there, there, but there's, there's, they're um, all there's from... Yeah, there's loads at each, you know, even below 5.1 at each price point, there is an option there of someone who will play every game, seemingly, um, and, and has some degree of potential to get you something. Yeah. Ultimately... So, yeah. No, same go, go goes on, for defence as well. No, I was yeah. just going to say same goes for defence as well. Yeah. There are loads of sub five options. Absolutely. I mean, Everton Mr. have Mr. Biscuit really Biscuit well defensively. Yeah, Biscuit is a legend. Um, yeah. But another one that I really like, like not just from today, I think he scored his first goal today, Torreira. You watch him play, and I, I, he reminds me of Mascarano from Liverpool on his peak. He's at, he's snapping at everybody. He's he's he, the thing is he is a, a breaker. He's a defensive midfielder. But 
hey, he scored today, so and he's 4.6 or 4.8. So that gives me, for me, when I look at these players, I don't want to spend too much money because I want my money in my best 11. So I would yeah. be looking, at the moment, I have Schindler, I have Kayal from Brighton, who scored one goal in his life, I think, and it was a deflection, and he, but he plays. Um, and I've got uh, Bennett, which is now a problem because he's just been benched. So is he going to come back? I don't know. But Wolves are having a nightmare. I don't want to double up, and I've got Patricio anyway. So for me, they will just sit on the bench. That's why I said you need at least two players uh, with with all these rotations. Who have you got, Kylie, in defence? Um, who's your budget? Your budget um, options? Uh, well, Doherty, he's not so budget now, but I bought him at four five. Mm. Um, I have, and I have one Bisaka, so they would be my sort of cheap ones. Oh, and I have that guy from Everton. Um, Digny is it or whatever? Yes, yes, Digny yeah. or however. It's I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> I've, um, it almost the, looks but, like it might be French game, or something. This game week, I mean, the the bench or the, the amount of good options there is. So I've Balbuena. I brought him in on a bit of a, an impulse when Mendy went out. I just kind of downgraded to him. And West Ham's fixtures look great. He is a goal threat, and he's a perfect kind of example of someone that. If somebody, if something happened to one of my players and I wouldn't feel need the need to really go into a massive, um, you know, I have to get in a defender to cover it. And I think that's what you want from your bench players is someone that if they come in, you're not going to, they're not just real kind of useless players who don't play and that you're not going to fancy them playing and try to have them, try to have your bench players where, where their fixture list looks good. So it's not that they're, you're seeing a player that's going to have to come in and he's against Man City this week or something like that. You want to have where you have a kind of a, a, some sort of optimism that's going to be a clean sheet points in it for you. Um, so, uh, but I think there is so many, so many options. And even even Juan Biscuits, a legend, um, coming back yeah. again this game week, which um, there are so many choices. It's um, we're, we're a little bit spoiled this um, this season, I think. Um, we are, I... Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, I think there's no excuse not to have a viable bench this season because there are a lot of options that are affordable and there's a lot of really interesting options that are affordable. So, you know, it absolutely can be done and you can still spend the greater amount of your money in your your starting 11. And one thing, actually, as, as a quick little add-on, I know, uh, Marzi, you mentioned Kante earlier on. I'll always say the same thing as I always say, but I don't really like having someone from Chelsea or some big team where you go, there's either fixture and you go there against Fulham, for instance, and you go, oh, I think I might slip him in there on into my starting lineup. I like to, you know, that's one of the things sometimes I find with if I do own a player from a big club and he's not a great option, but... I mean, Kante does play for, further forward this season, but he's not much good there. Um, but that is my that is my only take with the likes of Kante, and I'll repeat it till the cows come home. Is I don't like having a player like that who I will feel no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's one of the reasons I sold Kante because sometimes I find myself doing that. But if you have a strong eleven and you think right, I need somebody who's reliable. From, he's a good option maybe over the Christmas period. Yeah. Defo. Because we uh, need to deal with we need to deal with rotation. It's gonna happen. Just deal uh, with it. It's yeah. part and parcel of the game. You just and it, uh, as we as I always say too is if your players rotated this week, this then is not the time to go selling them because chances no. are they're gonna have a great they're gonna have a run of fixtures where they're gonna play every game. 
um, as Kylie found with uh, with Sterling when she brought him in that that week. And since then, it's exactly, all been gravy. Yeah. Um, move on to Mahutsu Eno three eight five, one of our regular questioners. So thanks to me and mate. Um, he um, as I mentioned gravy a minute ago. Well, he's mentioning jam. He says he loves hits. Um, hits are his jam. Um, this and him being a good boy. How far am I to go to avoid hits, especially now? So, Kylie, this one's for you. How far do I go to avoid hits, especially now with short turnovers between game weeks? But he also wants to kind of have um, to have a, a switcheroo kind of strategy, and the hits are sort of helping that. It's all mad. You don't have to answer. I'm just venting. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what's, what's your thinking on? Um, no, but hits wise this season, Kylie, how have you found? Um, have you taken many hits and have they been working out for you this season? Yeah, uh, well, I'm always uh, pro a calculated hit, to be honest. I do tend to take quite a few throughout the season, um, but I do. They tend to be quite deliberate, so I wouldn't be. I would very rarely be super spontaneous with them. Um, I've taken a lot of hits already this season, and for the most part, I would say they have worked out. Um, The worst one was when I decided to take a hit to bring in Firmino and Sterling. Yeah. And they were both dropped. We remember that one. (laughs) Yes, because it wasn't even like it was just the Sterling. It was was both of them. Um, But... Obviously, I got rid of Firmino, but the Sterling has, as we've said, paid off in leaps and bounds since then. Um, but, I mean, I, I'll also save a transfer now and again. So, for example, if there's, you know, I might only use two transfers going into the next week or, you know, I may may take a hit myself. I think it all depends on your strategy. I would be reluctant to just go crazy taking hits in a kind of panic frame of mind. I think if you have a clear view of of where you'd like to go um, and what you're moving towards with your team, then a calculated hit absolutely makes sense. And you always have to remember people get so caught up in, oh, but, you know, I didn't earn back the four points this week. If you're being strategic, you're thinking about a few weeks ahead, so you are giving yourself opportunities um, to to earn to those points back, back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think the main thing with hits is um, I think when you're transferring out and you're taking hits on healthy premium assets, that's the most risky time to be doing hits. Yeah. Um, it's, it's when you're doing hits for an injured player or, like you said, with a strategy for, say, banking two free transfers afterwards and kind of um, or banking your transfer the week afterwards and it's part of a strategy for you. You're not all lining it up on one game week and hoping it works. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think that's a great answer. Thanks, Kylie. Um, Marzi, uh, Prashant Tawari was coming in with um, he's two questions for you. Um, he's wondering who's a better pick between Ericsson and Sane. So um, considering he's thinking of ditching Con for Kane, which uh, I think Prashant were all in that boat. Um, but um, who would you be thinking between Sane and Ericsson for someone who's moving to Kane from Con? Sane. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Dave, definitely, especially yeah. as he's getting rid of Aguero. Yeah. I think that a, a double up on Spurs, I wouldn't fancy it personally. I wouldn't go. They're not looking that good, and the fixture isn't. The fixtures aren't so appealing, especially when you consider that they have that um, Champions League tie against Barcelona mixed yeah, in there. So uh, you know, but, uh, for me, I think both Ericsson and Sané are rotation risk. I said that before about Spurs players. Apart from Kane, Ali, Ericsson, 
Mora, uh, Son will always have to, will will always get a rest at some stage. So if you if you if you get in Kane, you might as well get somebody from um, and you what you need City mids. It's just ridiculous. Mm, it is. Um, the other question he was asking was to do with Spurs defenders. Um, he's wondering which Spurs defender is best for the next month. Well, I'll tell you, it's not for Tongan anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he, do you know what their defense in the last few weeks so poor, has yeah. really gone downhill. They started oh, very yeah. strongly, but my goodness, they have gone Again, in the wrong look, direction. Look, Trippier's still out. Uh, Davis starts sometimes, then Rose will come in. Then you've got Aurier. I will stay away from their wing-backs. I've said that before. Um, so it leaves you with Foyth or Vertonghen. And uh, frankly, for me, I would avoid Spurs defence. Um, yeah, it's, it's not where I would spend my money. You've got, you've got Robertson, Trent Alexander. You've got City options. That, that if you've got the money to spend on Spurs defenders, spend it on City instead. Uh, Chelsea defence is better. Um, maybe not Arsenal defence but yeah I wouldn't no, well, the Everton defence has been good lately there Everton are defense, other defences yeah. yeah, yeah. you know I would not be looking at at, at Tottenham defence either West at the Ham, moment we I just think mentioned West Ham they've got a good yeah. they've got a good run of fixtures there's an awful lot of different of better alternatives yeah and and they're so pricey like the Spurs defenders they're, they're not cheap um, with, the, with the exception of uh, Foyt who um, I haven't seen enough of to to be considering, or whether or not he's nailed on, or um, or anything like that. But um, yeah, I'd I'd avoid them. Um, but uh, and as you mentioned, I think Everton Everton's actually a great shout, Kylie, because um, they they did actually as much as I do like making fun of Everton. I was actually shocked by how good they were against um, against Liverpool today. Yeah, they, um, and they've they really, really firmed up. They've really firmed up their their defence recently. They've got a few clean sheets in the last few weeks um and they've just looked a lot more resilient so they're still like their defenders are are sub five million um and so they're you've got a big amount of money there contrasting that to a a tottenham defender so you may as well spend that money elsewhere because i think Mm. you know i've not seen anything recently that would suggest that Tottenham defence is worthy of investment. Tottenham are now scoring more goals. So the last four game weeks, they've scored nine goals, I think it is, compared to the four of the previous four um, game weeks. But conversely, they're conceding a lot more goals now as well. So that kind of says the the direction that they're going in. And um, Mm. regardless of fixtures, there's no need for that headache. No, definitely not. And the um, one actually name I wanted to mention as well was Ricardo Pereira. You know, we were talking about earlier on the budget defenders. Um, he's so attacking, it's unbelievable. And yeah. I don't know what Leicester's fixture lists are like, but um, he would come under Dave's um, his budget for defenders. And, um, and he looks like he's definitely going to come up with some attacking returns this season. Um, so um, next up, we have um, Kylie Joseph Allegretti was asking um he was basically he's tagging on to Prashant's first question there um to do with Ericsson and Sane. Um so you're covered in that one, Joseph. And uh, second up he's wondering about West Ham. They've quite a fixture run coming up and Saturday's match may um, may have finally convinced us. Is Felipe Anderson as well as defensive coverage worth it? So um I, I have to say yeah. I this was my first time watching I watched the full match um the full West Ham match this week and he really really impressed he looked at she reminds me a lot of Sane and not just with the hair he's um, yeah 
tons of pace. Um, he looks like he's barely making any effort, but he's just gliding over the ground. He, he looks like a great player. Like you, I wasn't really paying much attention to Anderson previously. Um, I know that there were some people who have brought him in a bit earlier and they've, they've done really well, but I'm actually really impressed by him. I think he's really interesting and certainly someone that I would be looking at. Um, you know, he's the same kind of price as Richarlison and actually of late he's trumping Richarlison for uh, attempts, shots on target and also creatively by some margin in terms of the, the latter statistic. I think it's 115 minutes per created chance compared to 180 minutes for Richarlison, who we know is not really um, doing much in the way of assists. But um, with their fixtures, I think he's really, really interesting prospect. And he plays every game. There's a couple of times where he's only played, say, 50 minutes or 40 minutes, but for the most part, he's playing every game and playing most of the match. So I think at, at what is he, 6.97 million, he's definitely one to look at for this fixture run, and he appeals to me much more than Arnie does, what with the whole injury saga being pulled at 60, 70 minutes thing is too much stress for me. So I would be looking at him. I think in terms of West Ham defence, I'm still not confident they're going to score, uh, going to get a whole heap of clean sheets, but back to that budget um, piece that we were talking about, you could totally look at them. Fabianski's always worth a look in because he is the strong keeper, and even when they concede, he does tend to get save points. And then you've the likes of Balbuena, who is very attacking at 4.4. I believe that there will be some clean sheets in there maybe not as many as we would expect given the fixtures. It kind of goes back to something you said a few episodes ago, I think, Don, about how um, the opposition team will be looking at those that fixture as, as one that they can win as well. So we always have to bear that in mind. But I see absolutely no harm in investing in either. Yeah, I do love when um, – I know I've made it when people quote me, so thanks, Kelly. You're famous. <laughs> you've, made, you've made my night. Yeah. Um, uh, third question from Joseph was, is it worth ditching Hazard and Salah as long as you have Kane and Sterling for captain choices? So um, it's, it's a good question with the fixtures coming up and with the form. Um, what, what do you think of that? Ditching Hazard, I did it last week, and I know that a lot of people have, have moved off him because he's had a quiet few weeks. But um, what's your thinking of ditching Hazard and Salah, two very high-owned players for Kane and Sterling? Well, I ditched Hazard a while back. I think it was Hazard I got rid of for Sterling, actually. Um, so I I think that's absolutely valid. They I don't I think Hazard will will be fine, and it looks like he's kind of back from his injury and everything. And I think Hazard is quality. The issue here is less about Hazard, I think, and more about who you want to bring in because we cannot have everyone. That's the challenge. Um, for me, the Salah one is relevant because I will be getting rid of Salah at 13 million. I am just not happy with the amount of points that I'm getting. And again, it's more about the fact that while I like having Salah in my team, there are other things that I want to be able to do. I want to have the option of Kane 
in my team. At the moment, my most expensive striker is Lacazette. So there's a reasonable upgrade involved to, to get Kane into my team. So Salah will be going. I think that this season, with the number of premium assets that we have and the fact that we have these top six sides who are either all doing really well attacking or have throughout the season or are coming good or have good fixtures, we're constantly going to be in this flux of of wanting Sterling or wanting Hazard or wanting Salah and we can't have them all. So you're going to have to accept that at some point you need to jump from one to the other. And if you are looking to do a Kane-Sterling move, I'm hardly going to argue against that because I have Sterling and I'm looking to bring in Kane. I think it's absolutely valid. And I think if you can get Sterling into your team, he's a really exciting player to own. Nice one. And uh, as you mentioned, Holly, I think I think as even as a Liverpool fan and how high up the table we're doing this season, there's times when I've watched Liverpool and they just haven't looked as as explosive. And I think that yeah. is affecting Salah. Um, we just we just haven't quite kicked into gear yet, and um, at 13 million, you do want you do want to have a player that's um, that's really firing. So um, so yeah, I can I can definitely understand why people are looking to move move away from Salah. Um, Marzi, um, come to you on uh, FBL Thunder. Jeff was asking. Um, he said, "Great to have you guys back." And uh, sorry, we missed last week's pod. I didn't actually mention that at the beginning. Um, we had a lot of stuff going on last week. So um, so thanks thanks for bearing with us in our absence. Um, he was saying, um, can we discuss the viability of premium midfield? So he's looking at Richarlison, Son, Ali, Sané and Sterling. So um, a lot of money invested in there, especially with he's a Spurs double up and a City double up in midfield. Marzi, what's your thinking on, on, on loading up on the midfield and going a little bit budget up top? Well, I, <clears throat> listen, the points is in the midfield this year. You look at the players, you know, you got... So Hazard went on a good run, then now it's Sterling. Sane's coming up. Uh, between the Liverpool boys, Salah and Mane have been... You know, between them, they, they've, they've shared enough points. Then you've got... If you go down, you've got Richardson who's playing as a forward. Then you've got Felipe Anderson, who's doing well. Um, you've got Fraser, who's been absolutely brilliant for his value. Uh, I've seen a lot of... Why? I think three five two could be a very, very viable um, formation to go um, and uh, do, do you need do you need a premium striker well I mean listen sometimes you, you pay what, what you get for uh, if, if you look at the at, at the points and who's getting the points you'll see it's but Boomerang Kane Lacazette Aguero uh, and then Wilson is in there. <laughs> exactly yeah Wilson well but we meant so my point is you can have one premium and one cheap so at the moment I have mm. one premium and two and two cheapies. I could go. I could. So I've got Arnie and Wilson. Uh, listen, West Ham have got good fixtures, and Arnie just seems to always recover from whatever injury he's got, and and sometimes go, goes on that run. If he does, if he continues not to perform, I could easily downgrade him to a four point five and spend that money in midfield and play three five two. It's. Uh, I think it's viable. I think it's a very viable option. I think the points, yet again, are coming from midfield. Yeah. In my opinion. No. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. And the uh, the the midfield is where the points are this season. But I think uh, if you do go budget up front, you're probably going to have an awful lot of um, behind the couch watching TV for um, for the coming game weeks. With um, you know, because we always with with Aguero's ownership, Kane, if he does start to um to really start firing them in, his his even with his price tag, his ownership will go through the roof as well. You know, and, Kane uh, is only twenty three percent. I was really surprised. I thought mm-hmm. it was higher. And a lot of those ownership, uh, that ownership, I guarantee is dead in the, is in the yeah, dead yeah. team. Yeah, 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 exactly. So because um, uh, for for me now, you know, being in the six hundred thousand, the cool club. I need to start mm-hmm. making some different moves. <laughs> I need to start making some different moves. I think you need to start copying my team again, Mark. Yeah, yeah, because he's doing he's, better last he's year. He's copying my team, doing doing the transfers I did two weeks beforehand. He just doing them. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Sure, Marshall sure. Marshall sure. in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, he doesn't know uh-huh. why he's doing it. It's because he's watching my team and going. Hey, to I'm pretty sure I brought Marshall in before you. All right. Um, okay. Cool. Kylie, Kylie, both, Kylie, Kylie, yeah. let's move yeah. on. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I need to, so for me, I need to start doing like I need to go away from. For, for, I've always said it's about the mini league, right? So I look up my mini league, and there, there's not many people that have any Arsenal forwards, for example, or not many people with Kane either, by the way. So for me, I think it's going to be you know if I do move Aguero, and it'll be between Kane and Boomerang. It'll yeah. be very, very interesting to see how much moves will be made for Kane tonight and tomorrow night before Tuesday because um, a lot of the keyed-in managers they would have been naming for this game week 15 and and moving away and moving away, say from Aguero or maybe from um, maybe from Boomerang to Kane. It'll be very interesting to see how many actually do go for that. And um, because, as you said, I think that an awful lot of the ownership is in the lower um, in the lower end of the leaderboard, and so I it could think be that's, could be a boomer yeah. bust move. I think that's quite an interesting one because I would guess that there probably were quite a lot of uh, Aubameyang's owners who had penciled in moving him on for mm, Kane for game week fifteen, yeah. and it would be very interesting to know what their thoughts are now. Um, Seeing seeing the the outcome of today's match, it would have been Two probably easier for them. Yeah, it would be probably easier for them if it's a thing that he hadn't done anything, and they'd be on. Yeah, no, it's, it makes more sense. Yeah, it's a it's always the most painful decision when you're moving from a form player onto a player that you're largely now. Kane hasn't been out of form, but he's it's largely due to fixtures that you've been moving to Kane. Yeah, because um, Aubameyang looks like he's on fire. And, uh, the... and the thing about it is they have, you know, like they play United next, but they also have good fixtures for the most part in the coming weeks. So, um, you know, there there is a case for, for swerving Kane and, and going with Aubameyang. I have Lacazette anyway, so that just kind of makes it, you know, it doesn't really make sense to go for Aubameyang um, for me. But there's definitely a case for it. Arsenal are very free-scoring at the moment. They are indeed. Um, FPL Queen was asking, um, they, this was something we kind of covered earlier on. She was wondering, um, hi guys, is having Sterling and Sané too risky with peptation, which um, Mars, we do like that, peptation, um, mm. or is it worth it in the long run? So we, we discussed it. It's obviously a lot of money, but there's... To, but but the Man City the midfield has been um, been phenomenal. You just would I'd hate the idea of if some week both of them being rested. And, well, this and is what I was saying. Nightmare I, scenario. Um, yeah, I have. You're saying it hasn't happened it, before. Yeah. No. 
but it's that doesn't but, mean uh, it... but, Pe- but Pep will likely just do something. What's he'll, uh, Nothing Pe- wrong with SAS. Nothing wrong with SAS from City they, Sterling well, Aguero Sane. They could do it, but I just think with their pace, I don't think it makes sense to have both of them out at the same time. He hasn't done it yet. It could happen, but I just think it's unlikely. Yeah, I saw I saw a stat somewhere where Mendy doesn't play, Sane always plays. Yeah, which was a lot of the that decision was... when I brought him in was it, because yeah. he's, and even you see the way he tracks back everything, he's, um, I think he could be very safe and he will have the odd rotation game, but I don't think he's going to rest I, I, that I'll tell you what I know 100%. The first name on that team sheet on... Apart from the keeper on on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday when they're playing is David Silva. Why? Because he didn't play on Saturday. That's the annoying thing. I was hoping it's either Sterling or Sane, but actually it turned out to be David Silva, which is not a bad option, yeah. by the way. Mm. Yeah. No. If you want to go cheaper in, in City, right? Silva's been uh, ridiculously consistent again, um, and he's a cheap way into City. But that that's the annoying thing. Like, but and 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 like you, see, you know, the, I've got two free transfers and now and and I. I wanted to bring in a City player. I'm not sure which one it is. But the thing is, who would I be moving would be Hazard and Martial. Both have, Martial was rested and Hazard played. Yeah. Today, which I wasn't too impressed. Can Martial do damage against Arsenal? Absolutely. If I move him on, I'm sure he's going to score. Yeah, that's what but he's been waiting for. <laughs> it's none to do with his, sal- his salary. Or Did you break him, Mars? Was it you? Probably. Because I was blaming Paul, but, um, you know... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, he's uh, th- uh but I, t- Marshall, I know it's disappointing when he's rested there, but I think that um, I think surely, surely Mourinho isn't going to rest yeah. him too often anyway, um, because he has looked so oh, good. I'm 100 percent certain he will start because he only played 30 minutes. Yeah, the uh, but uh, the, no, the, he's he definitely. I think he, for me, he's been he's been United's best player. Uh, Rashford is coming on as well. He could be someone we might be discussing in future pods because um, if he does play more minutes and he gets confidence up, he's um, he's a very nice price tag. Um, Lawrence Boren was asking. Um, I think this one is a, this one for you, Mars. Um, was to- asking about. Um, Pickford or Fabianski for game week 15. So um, he said, glad to have you guys back. Thanks a million, Lawrence. Um, what are you thinking? Fabianski or Pickford, Marzi? My Pickford, as he will be forever now. <laughs> uh, for game week 15? Um, well, let's, let's look Ham, at it gener- West Ham in general. Playing... West Ham fixtures are better anyway, I think. Yes, I think so. Uh, I don't know if... Oh, gosh. West Ham are playing Cardiff. And Everton are playing Newcastle. I mean, <laughs> um, it's a bit of a yeah. 50-50. If it's for this game, listen. I personally, I think Fabianski is the better option. He's cheaper, and Gas the guy is a safe magnet. When West, even if West Ham don't keep a clean sheet, he, he manages to get two, three points extra. I take it actually, Lawrence maybe Lawrence possibly has the two of those in a rotation. I think he, so he's, uh, he yeah. does have both. Yeah, uh, uh, I would say Fabianski. Cardiff yeah, I... away from home. Newcastle could, you know, Benitez loves beating Everton, so you never know. Now, Kylie, next up we have Dom J, um, and he was asking, so he's three questions, uh, so you can give those, these to him rapid fire. Um, keep Salah for the next two versus Burnley and Bournemouth, then get rid. So um, what are you thinking? Those two fixtures are nice for um, for Salah owners, so uh, it will be a risky one selling any Liverpool attacking asset ahead of those two. Yeah, in isolation, it makes sense to keep him. Absolutely, they are really good fixtures, and I think that he will score. Um, 
it just depends what else you want to do. So if you can achieve other things with your team without moving on Salah, then I absolutely would keep him for those fixtures. Um, next up, he was asking, should we pick both Sané and Sterling? So um, we did cover that one earlier on there um, on basis of their potential high ceiling and rampant Man City attacks. So, um, yeah, you have your answer on that one, Dom. Um, next up, he was asking, Kane or Aubameyang in for December or rotate both a little? So, um, Dune, as, as you like to say, um, Kylie, and I've heard other podcasts using it, but I know we have the patent on it. A little bit of switcheroo, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, non-Aussies cannot. Yeah, but also, like, I'm Australian. What? Who are these people trying to take my little catchphrase? That's not cool. Switcheroo is mine. It's not cool at all. We're going to start a FPL podcast war if any if I hear it on any more podcasts. Exactly. um, We've got the assist guys. You're listening to me now. Oh, did they say switcheroo? You Brits can't say switcheroo. It just doesn't work. Anyway, um, that is a tricky question because I think they're the two premium forwards that, particularly after today's performance, people will be looking at, um, especially the the large number of people who still have Aguero and, and might have question marks over that. I always advocate for a bit of a switcheroo. I think that you can't rest on your laurels too much. I would probably lean towards Kane because of the initial fixtures and also the security of starts. We know that Aubameyang can be benched. Conversely, he also happens to do very well from the bench. So, you know, take with that what you will. Um, Whereas, you know, Kane, I think he will play. So my inclination would probably be to start with Kane and, and monitor the situation. And uh, if you feel that it is going to be more lucrative for you to switch from him to Aubameyang, then do so. I mean, this is the exciting thing about having a bunch of different options. I think that you, the people that do really, really well in this game are the people who time their moves effectively. And it's not always, people always think it's about getting the right differential. Well, a differential is only a differential for so long before he starts being highly owned. I think the thing that makes for success is being really clever with the timing of when you move from one player to another and catching those breaks ahead of other people. So... Excellent answer. Um, And that actually runs nicely on to John G's question, which is going to be our last listener question of the night because we're running short on time. Um, But um, Marzi, I'll come to you on this. He was actually saying with the weekly average being around 50 points plus, do you think it's possible to cover a bad captaincy choice or are free transfers main job for the next few game weeks to make sure you have the best option? So basically... Should we be kind of maybe using our free transfer to move to that each each week? And no, not maybe not every week, but to try to maximize the amount of those really, really high captaincy options um, to, to make sure we have them in our team and use our transfer strategy um, to, to achieve that. I don't know if I like that. I'm not sure, to be honest. It really depends on your situation. Um if you keep chasing the the high captaincy and they and and they flop and you're you're far behind, then you're always going to be behind and and do a don and finish like two million. So you know, <laughs> that, is that is that what you did last year, Don? 
<laughs> Did you follow the high premiums? Yeah, captain? yeah. That, no, no, that was totally well. What, what I was doing last year was actually flip flopping around like a like a fish. Like I've, I've described it before, it was like I was a fish that was up that was pulled onto a boat, and I was just flip flopping around trying to find water, and I yeah. never managed That's it. It's, sad, probably, it's probably what I'm doing visual. this season. It's probably <laughs> what I'm doing this season. I feel like I'm just going jumping at things without even thinking about it. But I'm just I, enjoying. The I think this year sometimes well. you're. This year I think you're just you're psyched out by me and Kylie, and you're just you know apprehensive. Yeah, but he's used to podcast. me being ahead of him anyway, so. Yeah, that's what happens if he's <laughs> copying true. everything we're doing. Sure, <laughs> yes. he needs to do something different. I looked at um, Tom's history the other the other week, and I was just like, I now understand why you're so happy this season. <laughs> my history. My, I I only really started playing FBL Mars properly about three years ago, I'd say. Because uh, before that, I was never really. I was more playing. I've heard fantasy. that before. Yeah, yeah, but that was the way it was. And uh, I, I'll 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 admit it to the to the hills. Last season was diabolical, but um, <laughs> but uh, that's what that's what I will I will say every single time. But Marzi, um, thanks, Mill. I think you've um you've answered John's and John's question in um in a, about as well as you usually do. So um, John has to be happy with that one. <laughs> Uh, let's 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 move on. We want to look at our um, our game week fifteen plans. So um, we've kind of touched on it a few points a few times over the um, over the podcast. But um, tell me, Kylie, what what is at this point in time? What's your transfer plans? And if you don't mind telling your mini league um, mates your plans, and also who would be your Barlow and your Baldwin captain picks? So. I have two free transfers and I have to figure out what way I'm going to use them. Initially, my plan coming into this week was to do Salah to possibly Mane or someone in that ballpark and then do Lacazette to Kane. That is the simplest move. I'm not convinced that I want to get rid of Lacazette, however, so... I do have the option of downgrading Salah further to fund Kane from Murray. Um, I may also look at a four-point hit and and make three three moves. It's it's really difficult, um, and I'm I'm a bit confused about what I'm going to do actually, and I don't have a lot of time to process it. The reality is I am almost certain I'm bringing in Kane this week, and almost certain that Salah will be going. So how that shakes out, uh, we, we shall see. But I think that those are two moves that will definitely be made. Whether Lacazette is still there or Murray is still there is up for debate. Um, the thing about it is Murray will play the next match. So it's kind of that same issue again of getting rid of people that you feel fairly certain will play in the next match when, when certain others may not um in terms of my captaincy picks uh i would probably captain kane if i brought him in i would love to captain as a so-called safe option um i would love to captain sterling but i i just feel that he won't play so that's a bit uh, tricky um in terms of my Baldwin, um, I don't know if this counts, but it should. Wilson against Huddersfield. 
I yep. think uh, yeah, I think I really, really, if you're looking outside of the premium options, I think he's a fantastic shout. Excellent, Kylie and uh, Marzi. Tell me yours. Um, who who are you? What's your what's your thinking at this moment? Well, or are you like Kylie and me, who basically were, a, we're a little bit up in the air still? Look, I have a million ideas. Here's what. But so far, I've kind of been chasing things, like going with stuff, like you know. I still don't understand why I brought Martial in, to be honest. I can't remember why I did it at the time. Uh, probably he because he kept scoring it... goals. <laughs> no, yeah. because I think it allowed me to bring somebody else in. I can't remember who. But I think, listen, I think the the wise move, if I was to move Aguero on, is to get Kane because I know he will play in every game. And Kane has prolific history in FPL. That's the wise move. The other move would be to get either Boomerang or Lacazette because I don't have them most likely Boomerang because he's just scoring and, and and Arsenal have as a good fixture as Spurs. The only thing is, Boomerang will get more uh, more chance of rotation versus Kane. Uh, to to do that, to bring in Kane anyway. Well, actually, from Aguero, I I, I could just downgrade Martial to a uh, Felipe Anderson, for example, or even Fraser, because I think Bournemouth have got good fixtures coming up personally. Uh, but I think Hazard might... Also, I want a City midfielder. So, likely is I do Hazard, Hazard and Aguero, for example, for Kane and um, Sane. For example. Yeah, that's a, that sounded know. like you were about to do a minus 16 or something, Maris, there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it was getting no, very saying, exciting. There, there's different <laughs> options. <laughs> anyway, my, my captain right now is Salah because he's playing Burnley and he just came off after, what, 70 minutes today or something like that. Mm. Um I was going with Wilson as my um, uh, Baldwin, but the, you know you could go on Utfitch as well, Arnie against Cardiff at home. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a good week uh, for um, for those differential Baldwin. for the for mm. the cheap forwards. I have Wilson, yeah, and Arnie are my two guys alongside Aguero. But um, like you guys, I'm still very very much torn. I had uh, it's it would be just the simple one, but just go Kane and just go along with what the plan was all the time. But the Aubameyang move is something that's interesting me. And as Mars, you pointed out, the Arsenal fixtures are fine. I think he's, I think he's playing too well for him to bench him. And you know, the um, our, our Arsenal—they're already sealed in their Europa League um, in qualification, aren't they? So I think he probably will play more often than not. But uh, but as you mentioned, I think that it's always the fear with me. With um, as I had Lacazette for a while, like you still do, Kylie. But um, we both owned Lacazette for a little while there. The fear is that if I did go up and yang, that all of a sudden Lacazette would be the one starting to score all the goals and um, it, that would be a little bit of a sickener. Um, and with Harry, Harry Kane's fixtures, it's hard to ignore him. And when I do have the money there, it's very hard to ignore him. But um, I think I think it'll be one of those ones that'll either do a, a transfer at in the dead of night when I can't sleep or it'll be um or it'll be one right before the deadline because um I really really can't make up my mind this week. Um if I do switch it it would be Kane who'd been my captain and um and if I was feeling ballsy I probably would go with Wilson over Arnie simply because of the 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 lack of the Arnie fixed or fitness concerns have been a little bit of a bugbear. Um, and I think Wilson is more nailed on and he's really in form at the moment. He also came off a bit earlier. Yeah, true, true. Um, so it's I, it, but but if I did bring in Kane, then um, 100%, it's on him. I'd probably I'd go him over Mane, uh, Mane away from at uh, or against uh, against Burnley, as much as that's such a lovely fixture. But um, but Mane did play 
Manny played all the whole game against um, against Everton, and I don't know. I've I've a feeling that there might be a, a rest coming up for Manny um, in either this week or at the weekend. So um, so I'm a little bit apprehensive about that one. Um, folks, I think that's all we got time for on today's show. It was lovely talking to my my two amigos. And um, hopefully our listeners got their uh, have gotten some of their dilemmas answered. And uh, we wanted to make sure we got a pod in this week because of because of missing last week. So um, hopefully we've helped you out a little bit. Um, do help us uh, spread the word of the podcast by um, by sharing and liking the podcast on your social media channels. And um, of course, have the be- have a great game weekend, game week 15. Best of luck. Booyah. I'm back to booyah again, lads. That was that intended? No, it wasn't. It came straight out because I don't have my script in front of me. So, so I did feel like uh, that was a bit nostalgic. It was, yeah. Uh, all right, I'll 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 do a silence there, so and I'll um I'll do adios amigos and I'll cut this bit out. You so so City are playing up. tomorrow. I'm shut up. I'm doing adios amigos. Oh, I thought you finished. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he just got a little bit of a complex about how he signed off. Adios, amigos. Mary, what Mary, you be saying there? That sounded really awful, by the way. That sounded really sound. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that sounded, sounded really like there was a gun to your head. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> one for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.